people tend to, like Steph said, call about books that move them emotionally, and they'll share how it moved them in an anonymous context, which is, you know, very open. Or they'll share uh, ways that, that, that a book changed their perspective on people in their life in a way that they, they might not tell, say, if the person was right in front of them. So we just get, I feel like it's this keyhole that we get to peek through uh, into you know, the literary world that helps us see books in a totally different way. Okay, episode number 20 coming up, the last episode of our season two. Sorry for the long delay between episodes, but lots going on at work, and top priority for downtime is spending time with Jake, now six months old. Although Jake is not yet helping with the podcast, as you will hear, a dog named Matilda finds her way into the conversation from time to time. From Bookworms in the Wild and from Anchor, I'm Howard Alterescue, and this is my podcast where I ask people I find interesting to tell me what they're reading. While we may discuss with our guests today what they're reading, I'm also interested in what they're learning about what others are reading. Our guests, Steph Kent and Logan Smalley, are the founders of the Call Me Ishmael Project, and they are privy to the reading interests of the thousands of people who have called into a voicemail number to talk about the books they love and the stories they've lived. Hello, Matilda. <laughs> Matilda's in the background. <laughs> that's so their dog, bad. Matilda. Call Me Ishmael is a New York City-based project that invites readers to call and leave a voicemail message about their favorite books. Thousands of readers have already called, and over a million readers have listened to this library of stories. The Call Me Ishmael website and YouTube channel show the books that readers have called in to discuss, including several that I've read. The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien, which I discussed last year on the podcast, Thanks, Adriana. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper, excuse me, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, also a great on Broadway earlier this year. Jewish, Jewish literature, including Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank, My Name is Asher Lev by Chaim Potok, and The Great Mouse, a survivor's tale by Art Spiegelman. Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album, which I read many years ago. Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt. I just put a copy in one of my little free libraries at the Pines in Mount Tremper. Thanks, Adele. The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Read it again recently. 1984 by George Orwell. Always relevant, and maybe more so now. <laughs> and, of course, Moby Dick by Herman Melville. I'd love to hear more about the Call Me Ishmael Project including why it's called a project, <laughs> and especially what you've learned about the readers who call in. Welcome to the podcast, Steph and Logan. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. So tell, tell us about the project, and why do you call it a project? Uh, well, I guess we call it a project because of how it started. Um, Logan and I worked together at um, a media company called TED, 
and we were... Ted from TED Talks. Ted from TED Talks, yep. And we were in the West Village one night, actually at a very literary bar. Do you know the White Horse Tavern? I, I know it from many years ago. I didn't <laughs> think of it as a... It's still there. <laughs> tavern. Um, yeah, lots of uh, authors who like to drink would hang out there in the 60s. But um, we were there just talking about some of our favorite first lines of literature. We both sort of have this shared weird hobby of browsing books by the first sentence. And um, started talking about the most famous one, obviously, from Moby Dick, which is Call Me Ishmael. And sort of spotted that there was a bit of a pun there. Like if you sort of added a comma, it was call me from Ishmael and just kind of came up with this sort of silly Ishmael. idea that we could give Ishmael a cell phone and a voicemail box. And so um, just set up this hack on Google Voice, this voicemail box that anybody could call into, ask some great readers that we know to um, leave us messages about their favorite books. And the story started spreading that we were doing this and it just felt like a project. Like it never really felt like a company. It was just this thing that we love that we did on evenings and weekends. And very quickly we got hundreds and hundreds and then thousands of thousands of people calling and started sharing our favorite ones online. Yeah, that's right. As you both mentioned, we've received thousands of calls. Each one is an incredible story about a book that someone loves and, um, Someone is probably calling Ishmael right now. <laughs> uh, it's a joy to check his voicemail box. And, um, you know, hopefully when people hear this, they'll call Ishmael as well. And is there a, um, is there a pattern to what people are calling about? What, what are you learning? I think there's a couple. So, I mean, there are definitely, there are certain books that we get lots of calls about. So that's sort of the most obvious pattern. There are books that have been around for a really long time that still um, strike modern readers in really different ways than they struck readers when they were published 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, so we get a lot of calls about classic literature, the books that people had to read in high school but ended up really loving and connecting with on their own. Um, but we also get a lot of calls about different habits that readers have. Um, you and I were talking earlier, Howard, about people who reread certain books yeah. almost on like an annual basis. Um, we get a lot of calls about the books that people reread. We get a lot. We actually got three calls today. I was just listening to this earlier about books that made people cry. For some reason, that's like a really well, like tangible thing yeah. that yeah. sticks in people's memories. One um, of my favorite calls is about um, Catcher in the Rye. And the story that the caller, the anonymous caller recounts is rereading it four or five times across uh, their life. And they got to know Holden Caulfield differently each time they read yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The first time they didn't like him. Mm -hmm. This next time they related to him. Mm -hmm. The next time the caller had had children and saw Holden in a different way and mm -hmm. et cetera. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Is there a one book or a couple of books that not dominate, but are, are most read or most talked about? It's funny, we're going through the process right now of um, oh, reorganizing them. Yeah, for our yeah. book, we have to kind of categorize them that way. So I don't have the exact numbers yet, but in about a week I will. But anecdotally, um, I mean, Harry Potter is yeah. really, really popular, and we don't have any, I would say we probably have like 50 calls about Harry Potter and none of them are the same. Everyone has a really different, unique experience great. with that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but also, like I said, a lot of classics, we get a lot of calls about, um, childhood books. One of our, um, we get a lot about Dr. Seuss books just because I think that's one of the earliest pe memories that people have of being read to out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of books that people 
find in their first year of college, I think freshmen in college. And really, I think the bigger theme than college is just a transition state. I think when you go through a big change in your life, you know, the right book has a, has a way of finding you. Yeah. And, um, you know, helping you with change management, mm-hmm. basically. And so you've recently asked people to call in to talk about libraries. Mm-hmm. How, how did that go? And have you done similar things? And will you do similar things? Asking about themes. Yeah, we have the library. Um, we call it our call for calls when we sort of give a prompt or a conversation starter to spark an idea of what to call about. And um, they go really well. We got um, a handful of really great library calls. And then we just did one recently about um, call about the book that makes you nerd out, like the thing yes. that you just like yes. squeal and geek out over. Mine's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely keep doing keep doing ones like that, just because it's interesting. The um, whenever we talk to somebody and tell them about the project, if they're a big reader or if they're not a big reader almost always their immediate reaction is, I want to participate, but I don't know what to call about. And we go, just think about it for a couple of days and it'll come to you. Cause it doesn't mean you have to be somebody who reads a book a week or that you've read like the highest brow, most literary fancy thing. It's just about an experience that you had with a book. And it can be from when you were a child, it can be about a book that you had to read when you were in school. It can really be about anything. Do you have people who are are all the people who call in uh, readers who have had a positive experience, or do you have people who call in with a negative experience about a book? We, I would say, they're mostly positive. We get some that are like, "I didn't like this book at first, but then I tried it again and I came back around," or "I hated the ending of this book, but it's still always really passionate." And or I didn't like reading until I read this book. Yeah, it's a big. So we mentioned uh, Dylan Marin a few minutes ago. When Dylan was on the podcast, one of the things he asked me about was audible books. Mm. Do you count that as reading? And I said, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and he said... Touchy subject. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. And I love Dylan. Um, and he said, well, that's great. He said, I couldn't get into reading, and a lot of people can't get into reading, until I found audible books. Mm. And so it exposed him to the literature in a way he would not otherwise have been exposed. And that's and true for that a lot of case people. In point? Isn't that case in point? We, We've got a new reader on our hands. Yeah, we we're big, talk about we're big this. big fans of Dylan, by the way. Yes, yes. So, yeah. and we talk about this often because up until like the last year, I didn't really listen to any audiobooks. Logan is the king of audiobooks. What's your current speed? Steph's the king of books. <laughs> I read books. I am not the king of books. Uh, but yeah, I love listening to Audible on times two or higher because um, I get this feeling that I'm stealing time from un- the universe in the most productive way. For example, if it's a 20-hour book and, and you listen to it on times two, it takes you 10 hours and you finished a book. I think to I'll me, address my, my remaining questions to Steph. <laughs> so Steph and I talked about this a little bit and... I so I'm reading a gentleman in Moscow now. Mm-hmm. I'm savoring every page. When I read Moby Dick, I listened to some of it, mm. but I went back to read what I listened to. Mm-hmm. And I, we, Steph and I discussed. We've got this 24-hour rule in our family: mm-hmm. 24 hours in a day, you can't do more than that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm working. I've got good Renaissance Youth Center. I've got my little free libraries. Got a lot to like the podcast, got a lot going on. 
And so I walk back and forth to work if I'm not city biking, and I listen then. But I try to savor it at the same time. I much prefer coming home in the, at night and opening up a book, turning the pages. I definitely would not recommend listening to Moby Dick. I'm not, I'm not that extreme. <laughs> I think there's just certain books, when I'm sizing it up, I prefer to read nonfiction on, uh, you know, in book form, and I prefer to read, listen to fiction, because it's kind of like being read, read yes, a story. but I was really re uh, reacting to the two times speed. <laughs> so, so I've listened to a number right. of books in the last year or two. Uh, the first, the second, third, and fourth volumes of Robert Caro's Phenomenal biography of Lyndon Johnson. Mm. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, who read his own Born mm -hmm. to Run, which was great. Uh, I listened to, for better or for worse, read. that yeah. was a great read. For better or for worse, I listened to uh, most of the biographies of the Democratic presidential candidates. I listened mm. to them, they read them themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My friend Jim Finnegan said he'd rather drink battery acid. Mm -hmm. But I felt as if I learned, and by and listening to them in their own voice was great. Two they, times speed, maybe for them. So <laughs> the thing, the thing about two times speed, and by the way, I realized that you know Moby Dick is a, is a fiction, I guess, <laughs> but it's right. It has a lot of nonfiction elephant yes, elements, like the, like the whale, the whale chapter. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it's but, a phenomenal chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, but here's the thing about times two or any speed, is that. You just have, once you get used to it, you can't slow down. It actually feels sluggish. <laughs> and any brain, I mean, folks can listen to it on times 10 if it would go up that high. And once you tune into it, it, no, it almost that. feels like it makes you anxious if you slow it down. So, yeah, I think my day, my son Dave lives, uh, listens on times two. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's just, you feel like you're stealing time from the universe. <laughs> so, actually, before we go further, and we'll do this when I post. What is the phone number people should call in and what's the process? Yeah, it is 1-774-325-0503. And if you call, it goes straight to voicemail. It gives you instructions and you leave a message at the beep. Super easy. And then if you're outside of the U.S., you can use Skype. Our handle is calling Ishmael and that'll get you into the line as well. And so you hear the beep and mm -hmm. then how long do you talk? Uh, you can go up to, I think it's five minutes right now and then it cuts you off but when you call there's like a brief little instruction period and it tells you if you get cut off you can just call back and keep going and we'll stitch them together yeah, for you it goes straight to voicemail the voicemail sort of reminds you that the prompt is leave us a message with a story about a book that you love or how it changed you and then some people are calling in about specific prompts like you brought up earlier like what is a library book that changed your life or a story about a book that you discovered in the library or what is a book that makes you, you know, lose all inhib inhibition and, and nerd out <laughs> um, and a variety of other, other prompts. And uh, I recognize your voice. <laughs> ah. Do you claim to be Ishmael? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, do you, what do you like to read and what are you currently reading? Um, I'm on a big sci-fi kick right now. Um, I am currently reading, I just finished last night, um, it's called Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Uh, yes. Won the Hugo Award. Uh, or not the Hugo, the Arthur Arthur C. Clarke. So, yeah, I feel like. Children of Time. 
Children of Time. Uh, it's it's about um, it's about spaceship the, and monkeys. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, spiders and monkeys. Spiders and so and spaceships. So Maya Prohovnik mm-hmm. talked about Children of Time on our podcast discussion. Oh wow! And there's a sequel. Yeah, so I started the seek. I finished it last night. That's how good it was. <laughs> um, after a long weekend, it's you know it's a seven or eight hundred page book. Finished it in the weekend and then started the next one last night. Already on page hundred. Pretty proud of that. <laughs> reading it, not listening to it for my critics. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what do you like? And what are you reading? Um, so I usually I have a funny reading habit. Almost every year I try and choose a like genre to either exclusively wow. focus on or like major majority focus on so um last year i read only books by female authors and then this year i'm reading a lot of sports literature so a lot of books about boxing i just feel finished the art of fielding which is uh way up on the favorites list it was an exquisite read and why are you focused on sports this year um i am a competitive amateur boxer so i a competitive amateur boxer. I, just that i compete yes, <laughs> super and yeah. i'm a competitive person <laughs> um that's so that's exciting. how i kind of got into it but i'm also trying to do a writing project about boxing so just interested in sports stories this year so i, I mentioned to you uh david remnick's book king of the world mm-hmm. which it's it's a classic remnick classic new yorker type of read where he's really talking about the 1960s and the civil rights movement and he uses Cassius Clay slash Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. to communicate that yeah. and anti-war uh, right. anti-Vietnam war that sounds uh, fascinating and and it's a boxing mm-hmm. book and it's a boxing book yeah. and uh, that's exciting and your art of fielding is a baseball book so the only two books that I can think of that I've read twice mm-hmm. or more than once um a River Runs Through It, mm-hmm. which uh, I love. I read almost every spring uh, mm. in preparation for fishing season. Mm-hmm. Although it's more a book, or it's as much a book about the relationship between siblings and the siblings mm-hmm. and their father as mm-hmm. it is about fishing. And it's beautifully written. And then the second one is uh, The Babe Ruth Story mm. by Bob Considine, which was probably published in the 1940s or 1950s. Mm-hmm. And I read it growing up all the time until mm. it fell apart in my hands. <laughs> mm. So baseball, boxing, fishing as well. Uh, excite me. That would be a good Ishmael prompt uh, call about the copy of a book that you ruined from reading too yeah, much. Yeah. That <laughs> fell apart in your hands. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. It says something about the reader and the book. Yeah. Yeah. So this is great. So uh, one more point on the project. Is the project a business now? You've got your phones. Maybe you say something about the phones. Yeah, so, the, you know, calling Ishmael, there's no cost to it. You just pull out your phone and call the number, and it goes straight to voicemail, and you leave a message, and we share the most compelling messages. But we do have a second... And, um, pardon me, you share them on your YouTube channel? Yeah, we share them on the YouTube channel, and um, we also share them on this other cool part of the project called the Call Me Ishmael phone. So we've taken a... Uh, uh, a facsimile of an old 1950s yep. rotary tel- tel- uh, payphone. We've gutted the insides of it and installed a thing that we invented. We call it a literary device. <laughs> and um, on the phone, the person who has the phone, which is most often a bookstore owner or a teacher or a coffee shop barista, someone rents the phone from us for a dollar a day. 
and then they can curate that phone with stories from our library, of which there are thousands, or they can curate their own audio to the phone. So uh, some you know, bookstore owners, for example, will only feature stories that um, talk about books from a, from a visiting author, for example. That's phenomenal. And then they'll swap them out. And um, yeah, and, and so there's, there's one in the New York Public Library, mm -hmm. there's one in the Seattle Public Library, there's one in several schools. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a neat little thing. I would say it's in the spirit of the, the little libraries yeah. that, uh, that we know, I know you're passionate about. It's just a cool way to celebrate books in the context of books. That's great. So, um, people ask me why I'm doing what I'm doing with the podcast and little free libraries. And I say, it's just, just little literary advocacy. Yeah. You know, just encouraging people to read. How do you describe what you're doing? I think of it as a, just a unique and surprising way to celebrate and discover great books. I think that when someone calls and because it's anonymous, people are often yeah. in, uninhibited with the way that they share a book in a way that they wouldn't be online where they would... Sorry. Matilda loves books too. Including Matilda, who's named after you know, Matilda. a very famous Roald Dahl character. That's right. Um, but, um, yeah, I would just say that, um, people tend to, like Steph said, call about books that move them emotionally and they they'll share how it moved them in an anonymous context, which is, you know, very open or they'll share, uh, ways that, that, that a book changed their perspective on people in their life in a way that they, they might not tell, say if the person was right in front of them. So we just get, I feel like it's this keyhole that we get to peek through uh, into, you know, the literary world that helps us see books in a totally different way. So one last question. How many uh, U.S. callers are there versus outside the U.S.? Oh, gosh. What, or what, what percentage, broadly speaking? Ooh, I don't know percentages. Majority U.S., but mm, we do get a couple of... Uh, accents that don't sound like they're from America. Yeah. You never really know also because oh, really? the project's anonymous. So, yeah. but um, you know, the, the Skype the actually yeah. forwards to oh, the U.S. Oh, so you won't yeah. know. So, so we you don't, don't know. track it. That's right. So I love the anonymity. Uh, again, Dylan talks about this as well, online mm -hmm. and offline personalities, and this is, uh, a, you're, you're uninhibited because nobody knows who you are, which is terrific. Yeah. That's right. right. So that's great. That's right. I mean, we feel like, you know, it's, we feel really privileged in the, you know, one of our favorite things in, about Moby Dick is the way that Ishmael is characterized as a kind of a fortuitous witness. And so we love yeah. that the, the project has stayed in tune with that and That's that we're, we feel very fortunate to, to witness all these incredible stories that are called in. Yeah. What a great perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you both very much. Thank this you. So nice to talk to you. More information about our guests today can be found on our website, www.bookwormsinthewild.com, as well as on the Call Me Ishmael website. Our website also includes links to the books and other resources we refer to in our discussion. Thanks especially to my podcast team. Dave created the podcast with me and is my producer. Ron is responsible for art direction and design for the podcast, our website, my bookmark, and other merch to come. Let me know if you'd like a bookmark sent to you. Melanie, as always, is in control of most everything and has provided overall creative direction. 
Ben and Eden provide additional inspiration and support. And of course, Carol is my muse. Jake continues to grow and to express a six-month-old's interest in being read to. He's actually now turning the pages in the books we read him. Or is that my imagination? <laughs> the entire Wolfpack is also responsible for introducing me to most of our guests. Thanks also to the great Anchor team for making it free and easy to create the podcast. And if you like their podcast, please subscribe. And in any event, let me have your comments, either directly on the podcast or at or at bookwormsinthewild at gmail.com. Looking forward to seeing you on the podcast next time.